I'm Marisol. And I'm Adam. Welcome to Reading Aloud, a podcast where Adam and I get curious about meaningful and not so meaningful topics. Meanwhile, giving you insight into what we talk about, why we talk about it, and how we talk about it. Be on the lookout for a new release of this podcast every other Thursday. Welcome, everybody, to the Reading Aloud podcast. Welcome to the Reading Reading Aloud podcast. Your favorite. Um, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, you're the singer. I'm not the singer at all, but I love to sing. I know. Yeah, it's you know, it's just I you know, I wrote down once, I said, I really think that everyone is an, a musician, an artist, a singer, a dancer, just because you're human. Like it's, it really, you can be those things. You are those things. Now there are professionals and I'm not taking anything away from professional oh, musicians. you don't have to qualify that statement. No, but seriously, I, I think that's, you know, if I, I was a true dancer or singer, it's like, oh, everybody's a dancer. No, everybody doesn't do what I do, you know, if I was a professional. So I think that's, that's also honorable and respectful of people who have committed their life to that craft. But in also, we are all those things. Because we are human, and that is such a unique, incredible thing about being human, about being alive during this time on this planet, that we can be all those things. You're like Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm, no. <laughs> can, I say, can I speak to one thing about this qualifying statement? Sure. In our lives, my hope is that we just start saying things definitively. There's so many ways to like interpret things and like I I even think sometimes about how in this podcast we talk about relationships of all sorts and we want people to be having conversations in all their relationships and I totally truly believe that and it is really true that we talk about marriage a lot and it's like at some point I just want to get definitive like say it every person is a dancer because you are human Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like we don't have to Tend to everybody's needs. And you and I do that a lot. I think it has a tendency to dilute. Mm-hmm. You know, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio and that they would call that a hot take. Like you have to have a hot take. You know, you, you, you have to be kind of like, this guy's an idiot, you know, and like in this situation, no, you wouldn't add that. You would just definitively say that. Because that's, you know, that's what the people want. The people want to hear, like, definitive opinions uh, about things. And I th- so I think you're right. I think you're right. So, and I think it takes risk to yeah, do that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, let's see, if we can, let's see if we can practice that over the course of this. What I wanted to talk about um, in this episode is space. I know that, you know, learning when you get into a partnership with somebody – um, whether you're dating that person or um, whether you're married to them, whether in your committed relationship, space is one of the first things that you kind of learn. You learn how to be in space, in close proximity with for an increased amount of time with that person. I get that. Um, that is kind of like, you know, relationships 101, right? But at the same time, the longer that you progress with a person in a relationship, I think the more intricate and complex the concept of space becomes because what happens is 
you get comfortable in the amount of space that you have with that person. Some couples spend a lot of time together. Other couples don't spend a lot of time together. But yet, over the course of time, things of that shift. And I'm curious your thoughts on how you transition from being in a certain dynamic of space with your partner to another dynamic like a of space. square wheel. Like not you specifically. I'm actually <laughs> asking you. So okay, so you transition like a clunky square wheel. Why is that? Because well, do you want the technical sciencey term? I want what comes from your heart. It always comes back in my mind too. How does this work for me? So if we're do we're on some schedule where like you're at work and I'm at work and then we it's the weekend and it's all of a sudden it's like well, I was making choices about my time alone and now I have to compromise and make choices with him. Now, the desire to be with you is always there. It's like, I always want more time with you and then I get it and it's like a clunky square wheel. And so Mm -hmm. I think that preparation is really helpful because... Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that preparation? Well, because, because, for example, we're here on sabbatical right now on this pilgrimage in Montenegro and we did a lot to prepare for this time. So we did a lot around uh, prepping our minds and our hearts. We took some space ahead of time before the trip. So we didn't just like stop work on a Monday and leave on a Tuesday. We actually stopped work on a Friday or Thursday or Friday afternoon, um, had a weekend with your friends and reunion. So that sort of set the stage for this time. And then you went and took Trouser all the way to Texas. So you drove her all the way to the border of Texas and Arkansas. And, you know, we, a lot of people said that that was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you would do that. But both of us knew in a deeper way that that those two days apart, time for contemplation, time to be by myself, time to just go in our own flow was a part of our transition into Mm -hmm. this process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I knew from the beginning, the moment we were like, why don't we just take Trouser to Texas to be with her grandparents? We just knew that that was the right thing and couldn't really explain it. And both of us looked forward to it, even though it took a lot for you to drive all of that way. That was very, like by the end, you were very Taxing. tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, it meant that I was going to be getting ready, getting the house ready on my own, getting the house and getting our things ready on my own. And so in a way that was taxing, but both of us knew that the bigger thing was about space. And that also knowing that we were about to be together for a month on sabbatical, that we would then have space to ourselves to center so that we came into this time with the intention of centering. We took space like we left your friends a day and a half early. They were there for another day for the reunion and we love these people and they came in from all over the uh, United States and Hawaii. And so it was just like, it was just you know, space. We keep mm-hmm. creating space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've gotten a lot better about that in our relationship. And I think it's interesting how being in relationship helps you open up opportunities for creating space. Because when you're not in relationship, when you're single, it's much easier to fill up your space with just completely fill it up, right? Like, you're just you're going from one thing to the next and boom 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 and then you have an ability to kind of recluse and not talk to anybody and like completely check out but when you're in relationship 
you, and you mentioned this, you're actually coordinating with another person. You're having to think not only about your energy level, your capacity, but then also that other person's capacity to do those things. And you're, the Venn you're, diagram. Yeah, exactly. Energy. Right. So you're taking care of yourself. They're taking care <laughs> of their self. But then you're also, you have the middle piece in which you're having to coordinate on. The point that I want to get to is that transitions. You're in a certain aspect of, okay, we're comfortable in this you know, we're comfortable. I go to work every day. I come home, but then sometimes that'll transition into a new thing. You'll, the weekends are different than the weeks, you know, and how do you handle those, those differences? And I liked your answer about preparation. I think this is such an interesting question because we're both, well, you, you identify as an introvert. Yes. Even though most people probably see me as an extrovert, I gain my energy from being by myself or in a very small group of people. So I am an extreme extrovert. And so I think I was going to say this is a funny conversation for two extroverts, but then I forgot that you think you're an introvert. So, I mean, I think the answer is going to be different for the both of us as individuals, but also different for us as those types. And then, of course, there's other parts of our personality that play into it. The thing about distance makes the heart grow fonder. It's not about, I think for, I think at times being away from you, I can, I can sort of fantasize about the best versions of you. It, and that's part of it, right? It's like, oh, I want this like amazing person, like that I, that for some reason when you're gone, it's like I see you in this special light. There's also this physical experience of missing you and longing for you. My heart longs for you. Um, but the distance makes the heart grow fonder is also, when we're alone, we come back to self, we get back into our own rhythms, and we ground in our own sense of self, not for everybody. I know some people don't enjoy being alone, they really suffer when they're alone, they feel loneliness very quickly. Um, for you and I, we don't experience that being alone is a is a great thing. For me, I know, and I'm assuming this is for you too, is like, getting into rhythms, doing our own thing is a real grounding, centering experience for us. So when we're centered in ourselves, then we're more available for love. Mm, that's it. That's it. That's really powerful right there. Like space, what I'm hearing is that, is that healthy space in a relationship could be determined by how centered you are in yourself and the space that you took for yourself to be grounded in yourself and therefore you become more available to the other person. Does that make sense? Am I recapping it right of, of what you said? No. No. Okay. Explain it to me again. I think more importantly than space, because I'm, I'm finding that like, I don't have anything else to talk about with regard to space. I think that everybody navigates this on their own in their own way. And it's, you know, you, you take it or you don't. I don't think it's easy to take because again, what you said about the Venn diagram is that I'm not only navigating my own need for space, but you're like, I want to be considerate of your needs and then how we interact together, especially for example, when we're on vacation and we're trying to do things together. And, and really it's just a matter of being courageous enough to be and know yourself enough to be able to say like I want to I just need a little bit of space let me take some time to go do this thing and to have the other person navigate like that that may or may not fit with what they need and so then it becomes a question of like how do we take care of ourselves in relationship how do we pay attention to know what we need because 
when you are with somebody all the time, they become a part of you. I mean, even in Thich Nhat Hanh's How to Love book that we read, it's like that this person is a part of you. If they suffer, you are suffering, mm, mm-hmm. which is, you know, every codependent book in the world right now is just like c- curling up the edges of its pages because it's like, no, 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 they don't, you don't suffer because they suffer. Like you are your own entity, blah, 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 blah. But that's not true. Like interdependence, we're talking about interdependence. We're talking about biologically speaking that the heart beats together mm-hmm. when you are laying next to somebody you you're literally your your biorhythms start to rhythm get rhythmic together and that's just what happens like around like that's how synchronicities begin to happen is when we're in space with each other and so there is a very real thing of like I do experience part of what you are experiencing and I care so deeply and have this compassion in this relationship with you that you know I understand what's going on I can I can feel it sometimes. And so how do we take care of ourselves and how do we be both tuned into the other person, tuned into the the energetics of the relationship together and tuned into self and then respond to each one of those things appropriately. Yeah, I mean I was just talking with somebody yesterday who was like when this thing happens I remove myself from the situation in my family I go take time but that then has an effect on the family dynamic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so how do you create space like it in my in my work a lot of the topic is about creating healthy space creating equitable space creating space in which everyone's ideas and you know perspectives can flourish right? Creating space is different than taking space or um, acclimating to space in a relationship. So how do we in relationships create space in which tap into that Venn diagram that we talked about of like, here's this person, here's that person, here's where they cross over. Like, what are the aspects of that? One thing I know is that when we take intentional space, which we talked in our second podcast about intention. So if you haven't heard that, you should listen to the intentions podcast. But when we take intentional space, it's essentially a setup for the rest of the day, the week, the month, the year, whatever. So we have, we do things on the front end to then create uh, harmony throughout the day, week, month, and year. Um, and so the more of that we do, the better off we are. So for example, if you and I start out the day with what we've been doing lately, these rituals that we have of journaling together, reading from a couple of different books, and then doing a little bit like while we're on vacation, we've added in um, drawing cards from an Oracle deck. And so gaining wisdom from whatever card comes to us and then doing a little bit of movement based yoga, starting out with that about hour long ritual basically sets us up for the rest of the day. It grounds us. It centers us. It's something that we do together so that no matter what else happens through the day, we have this like hour long foundation of togetherness. So for me, I know that Like if I start the day and you get up and you go on a run and I get up and I make breakfast and we haven't connected, we haven't grounded in our relationship together, then throughout the day, if we're not resonating, like if we're feeling friction or we're not getting along or we're not on the same page about things, I have nothing to return to. But if we've done that, I can say like, oh, he can go off in his direction now and I can go off in my direction because we had this quality time. Part of that is because I highly value quality time. It's one of my love languages. It's probably the second love language, second top love language. Um, But, 
you know, ritual and grounding and centering at the beginning of the day. Uh, my dear friend, Laura Juarez, if you haven't heard her podcast, Pure Potential, she it's an incredible podcast. It's also like 15 minutes a pop. So it's easy, digestible tips that she does, I believe, weekly. And recently she talked about ritual and the importance of picking a ritual and staying consistent with it, which I really appreciated hearing because you and I talked about how are some of the things that we do here going to translate back home. So we brought the ritual of writing and reading here, but then we added in the ritual of the Oracle deck and the yoga and movement. And so how do we then bring that home and keep consistent with it, whether we want to do it or not? We love variety, but it's like whether we want to do it or not. Yeah, it's it's kind of like I feel I'm getting an imagery of like a well, you know, that you're drawing from. And and each each day that you're taking time for intention between your partner and you or conducting a ritual in the morning or at a certain point, then you're replenishing that well that um, you're drawing from each and every day. And sometimes there, you know, there is conflict where you come back and, and, you know, you've had a hard day and that person has had an opposite day, (laughs) you know, maybe they've had a great day and you have to kind of like then almost quickly create space to exist oh, we're back home, I had a shitty day, you had a great day, now we have to like, uh, you know, adjust. Off of those rituals, off of those intentions is actually where we draw from. Because we say, oh, we can return to that place and we can draw from that. And now that's part of actually creating a healthy space while existing within space with each other. Yeah, I I particularly like that this has come back to to talking about ritual and about grounding and centering because I think that there's, no better way to know yourself than to do those things, but then in even better to do them in like groups of women or with us or together or whatever in this relationship in particular, it, it just, it sets the stage for whatever is birthed from there. It's a great container. It's a great start starting point. Yeah. I guess what my takeaway, what I'm, what I'm getting from this is that space is both a complex and an easy thing, but the essence of creating healthy space and taking healthy space is through foundation intention building. Mm-hmm. Like you can't create or make or take healthy space without a strong foundation. And that foundation can be built on a daily, it can be built on a yearly, it can be built on any sort of timeline. And you probably need a multitude of different kind of timeline building, if that makes any sense, um, to do that. But but that is actually the essence, is, is that intentional, ritualistic, foundational building, that is the key to creating healthy space in your relationship and taking healthy space in your relationship. Absolutely. It makes me think about like the foundations of organic intelligence, which is the trauma modality that I studied. And you should definitely check that out too. If you haven't already, you can just go to OI or organicintelligence.org, I think, or .com. I think it's .org. And, you know, talking about initial conditions, that everything blossoms from initial conditions. So that's how you know how to take space, create space, et cetera, is from those initial conditions. So take some great space today, y'all, and have a good time doing it. Enjoy it. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in and listening as we discuss what is meaningful and curious to us. And don't forget to rate, review, and share with your friends. Bye. Bye.